0: Hey, you're listening to the smooth sounds of the new Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm Vince DiMaselli, your host today. Gersh Kuntzman is on sabbatical. And you know, folks, we're thinking about doing the show in a little bit of a different way. Kind of a quieter, a little smoother. You know, kind of my way. And joining me, happy to have him, it's Max Yeager. Max Yeager, he's a deputy editor here at the Brooklyn Paper. Max? Hey there, Vinny. How you doing? It's great to have you here. You know what? It's great to be here. I am feeling wonderful. I tell you, it rained out for a little while yesterday, but now the sun is shining bright. It makes you feel great. A little warm inside, huh? A warm inside. Hey, listen. I noticed you You got a banjo there. Oh, I sure do. You noticed that? I did. That That is wonderful. You know what? We want to do it differently. Let's start it off. Why don't you play us a little tune? Oh, okay. Lovely. Uh, This is a little song called Ducks on the Mill Pond. Ooh, Ducks on the Mill Pond, folks. I think we have some mill ponds in Brooklyn, or at least we used to.
1: What have you done to the show? What is, what is this technique? Sorry, Gersh, is, what, he's caught us. What, you said you weren't coming in today. Well, I mean, it was like it was like uh, Max Yeager's over there with some banjo and and, and you're wearing a Banlon shirt. What's happened here? I, I, I don't... I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, you, you should be ashamed of yourself. Now no. play the music, Johnny. Play the music. There it is. That's right. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio with Gersh Kunzman back from my non-week sabbatical... And Vince DiMaselli, who was at one time a handsome man. I don't know what happened to me, Gersh. And Max Yeager with his banjo is going to get the hell out of here. I thought, I thought it was very nice. No, no, I don't like what you guys were doing. I know what you were doing. You are trying to usurp. Get out of here, because we got a lot to talk about today, including we're going to have Linda Sarsour on to talk a little bit about a Bay Ridge woman who wants to design modest clothing for Muslim Americans. We're going to talk about yeah. racism in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And we're going to talk about the Captain America statue coming to Prospect Park and we'll talk about a lot of things, including a history-making triple play down at MCU Park. But Vince, I like I to start the show the whole time, my show, our show, the real show. show, our show. by starting it up and saying, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Just got back from the vacation in Cape Cod. Oh, really? No, it's wonderful. Went up to Cape Cod. I actually spent some time at, you might have heard of this place, Fenway Park in oh, Boston. I heard, I heard of that, yeah. You've been there? Ever see a triple play there? I have not seen a triple play at Fenway Park. I've no. been to
1: Fenway. Where'd you, where'd you sit?
0: We actually got seats in the grandstand, row two, Third base side, and it was cool. Everyone was else was in sunlight, bathed yeah. in sunlight. It was ninety-seven degrees. Actually, a week ago tonight it was last. Uh, no, a week ago yesterday it was last hot Wednesday. Night. Hot night in Bean Town. Very hot in Beantown, Town, and uh, but we had a great time. Well, I, s- I actually bought a uh, Fenway Park hat which is against my, you know, it's I guess religion. my religious beliefs yeah, right, because yeah. I'm a Yankee fan. But I did get a Fenway Park hat, but I insisted that it not have any reference to the Red Sox on it. So there's no little B. What about the color? No, it must have been. No, it's green because it's a green monster. Oh, green. Fair yeah, well, so I, And it just says Fenway. It says Green Monster, Fenway Park. I, I enjoy the. 1930s. Um,
1: I enjoy the Fens. Uh, I've sat in the upper deck, and it's actually a great upper deck because it's a very low upper deck. Anyway, it's that's the nice. way. I'm glad you had a nice time. I, I was uh, working on Murder at the Food Co-op, as you know. I've heard about this. Murder at the Food Co-op tickets go on sale tonight. Visit GershKunstman.com for all your ticket-buying needs, and you have them. You have those needs.
0: You'll be able to read all about it on BrooklynPaper.com, I believe, tomorrow, and it'll be on the cover of our beloved Park Slope Courier. you well, How did that happen? You'll be see a big picture of Gersh Kuntzmann's head.
1: Well, wow, how did that happen?
0: Well, that's the way we did it this week. That's how we felt it should be
1: done. Now, I we had to get
0: the Cyclone store scores into the Brooklyn paper. I see what you're
1: saying. Now, I, listen, i got to tell you something. This was a busy week for news in Brooklyn, and I think we should start off right now with the most controversial story.
0: Well, we put up this story a couple days ago. It's uh, Dennis Lynch uh, put it together. Oh, Lynch is good. No, he's, he's been great. No, no, he's
1: like a rising star.
0: He's a rising star among our rising stars.
1: His paragraphs are a little long, but well, go ahead.
0: It seems, it seems a little bit long, but, you know, you get through it. There's a woman in, who lives in Bay Ridge, and she's Muslim, and she's put together a uh, – she's a fashion designer, and she's put together some clothing for Muslim women that she calls it modest
1: designs, I believe. And the idea is that, you know, you're, you're kind of covered up. Modest designs for Muslim American women. Yeah, that's the idea. But so, it's not its not like a full coverage like a hijab or something like that, right? It's—it's Because it's, I saw her face. So it seems to me. Yeah, no,
0: you can see her face there.
1: I would call that modern. What, what I, As a Jew, I would call that modern orthodox.
0: Well, the, the name of her company is Urban
1: Modesty. So it kind of has like that urban feel. I don't know about that. It's, I don't pretty, know what that means. it's pretty damn modest. Yeah, it seems. And like. I'm a guy, listen, I'm a Rolling Stones fan. I see those girls walk by dressed in their summer clothes. Mm-hmm. When I read this story, I don't see that. I don't see that, Vince. No, you don't. So it must be modest. Anyway, you're going to make a call because we've got to get some people talking well, about the, this. Well, the, the thing
0: about it was, or the thing that I noticed about it was, we got a lot of comments. A lot on of this comments. Story. And in Brooklyn Paper, uh, we call it reasonable discourse. I noticed that it doesn't even say comments or post a comment. It says reasonable discourse. The idea is that it's supposed to be reasonable, and you're supposed to have some sort of discourse. Totally agree. Reasonably discoursing. Ask a question. Make a comment. Yeah, but keep it clean. Keep it, and you can be angry. Of course, but you let's can. let keep it reasonable. Just, stay, just be reasonable within reason. So that's what we tried to do. And with this particular story, I mean, obviously, at first we did have some comments that you know just weren't uh, reasonable. But people are just upset because Muslims what, exist. Is that what it, it is? Possibly. Got good. Very. What is with this, yeah. Johnny?
1: What is with people? I don't know. All right. Thank you.
0: Well, the fact of the matter is, we set we we started getting some reasonable discourse, and we've got by the I time we've got a sh- billion Muslims in the world. By the time the show came on. We had about 70 comments. That's a
1: lot for a Brooklyn paper story. Uh, it's, it's up there. I mean the and most comments you ever got was when I posed nude for that drawing class. I think. No, it, it might have hundreds. been
0: – actually the most comments we got were – That's yeah, hot. The, yeah, the most comments we got were, was actually uh, the, um, the
1: graffiti, graffiti girl. Oh my god, graffiti girl. This girl got a ticket from the Department of Sanitation for using – kids chalk on the sidewalk. But anyway, th- this story is a little bit more important, obviously. Yeah. As I said, John, you've got a billion Muslims in the world, and there are a lot of Americans who don't want any of them here, and that is ridiculous, and I don't care if that makes me a pariah in Brooklyn or in, in America. I say, Muslim Americans, you are as welcome here as anyone to me.
0: Mm, that's right. There you so. go. I went out there, Vince. So good. who are you going to call? We're who are gonna you going to call?
1: We're going to bring on Linda Sarsa. Oh, is great because she's a Muslim American who engages always in reasonable discourse. And if I'm not mistaken, she's run for counsel or she is running for counsel. There is,
0: there is the possibility that she's going to run for counsel. It's, certainly the rumors are out there. She hasn't actually said that she was going to do so. But she is the executive director of the Arab American Association of New
1: York. And uh, we're going to give her a call. Let's get her on the phone. Yeah, Johnny, just make sure you lower this because this is a private line. Yeah, and, and people don't like having their call their phone called all night long, as I was, Johnny, after the um, gun story I did a couple weeks ago. Man, they were calling me all the freaking time. I saw that. Yeah, well, oh, thanks, Johnny. A lot of hate on Twitter. You, a lot of hate. you were the, hate. You were the most hated man in America. Yeah, I think I've, it's calmed down a little bit. Okay, right, let's see. Well, let's see if she answers. Let's
0: see. I'm always nervous when this happens. I know, I am too. Is that going to kick in? Do we have it now? We have it. You want to talk? Why don't you do the talking? You're good at that. No, you do the
1: talking. It's your no, story. you do the talking. Okay. Hello? Hello, I'm trying to reach Linda. Speaking. Linda, this is Gersh Kotsman from the Brooklyn Paper Radio, along with Vince DiMaselli. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you guys?
1: Great to hear the sound of your voice. Now, Vince and I are so excited to have you on the show because we were just saying you always engage in reasonable discourse. We can talk about any topic with you, and you always put it in perspective for us.
2: I'll
0: try my best. <laughs> there
1: you go. Well, Vince, why don't you start it off? All right. So you're you're familiar with the story that ran in uh,
0: Brooklyn Paper this week? Uh, I sure am. I sure am, Vince. It was
2: a great story. Okay. And we had
0: lots of lots of comments on it, and you know, uh, uh-huh. as I was as I was telling the listeners before, so, you know, some stuff was hateful and stuff, but I thought there was a lot of reasonable discourse here, and that's what we that's what we, was so interesting to me that we you know th- we put this out there and people were were talking about it. It's the most popular thing on our website. But tell us what you thought about the story.
2: I thought it was a very well-written story. I was very proud to see a young American Muslim woman, entrepreneur, um, kind of following her dreams and showing what it means to open her own business and and support her family. It was a really great story.
1: Well, you know, we already talked about how Dennis Lynch is a rising star in journalism. But more importantly, I like the idea of entrepreneurship because, as you know, Vince is a conservative. And I (laughs) like the idea of Muslim Americans doing what they're here to do, which is be Americans and be Muslim. I think it's cool.
2: I mean, we're also known to be a community, and as you know, many of us are concentrated in South Brooklyn, Southwest Brooklyn, which is Sunset Park, Bay Ridge, Dyker Heights, Bensonhurst, and we're really the heart right now of the business district. I mean, we are an uh, entrepreneurial community. We are opening all the closed storefronts with different mm-hmm. types of businesses and really contributing financially. To, to, the, to, the, to our area. So um, entrepreneurship is actually something that many Arab Americans and people who are children of immigrants brought with them from the Middle East.
1: Well, this is because the immigrant experience ennobles America, makes America great again, is immigration. We, I don't we know don't about wanna... the
2: Make America Great Again well, reference there, brother. Well, no,
1: I'm pun saying if, if you really no want... <laughs> if you really want to make America great again, you bring immigrants in and they revitalize communities left and right. I see it everywhere. But let's talk a little bit about the clothing because now this is modest clothing. I think the name of the mm-hmm. company is... What did you say? The name of the company was Urban Modesty. Urban Modesty. Great, great idea, but who's it for, really? It's not because I'm, I'm not a modest guy. I'm not going to wear that.
2: <laughs> well, it's actually, and believe it or not, um, you know, obviously Sherry Han really was focusing on being um, and creating a line for Muslim women, modest women, potentially Orthodox Jewish women, and other women who want to choose to wear modest clothing. Um, if you look at the new trends um, from BCBG to Armani and others, they're actually been putting out a lot of uh, modest wear catering to an industry um, or catering to a, a consumer audience like Muslims. There was a report that I read le- recently last year that said that Muslims were in the top five groups of untaxed consumers mm-hmm. in the country at a, bringing in about in the billions of dollars. So Sherry Han's a smart businesswoman, and if you looked at her line, I mean, it's very contemporary modest clothing, you know, long flower print dresses, And and honestly, you know, what's really interesting about some of the commentary that I saw, it was this idea of like the subjugation of women. Mm -hmm. You know, women are oppressed because they have to wear a long sleeve. And what always gets me about that, guys, is I live in America. I should probably be able to wear whatever I want. If I wanted to go out in a mini skirt, I think I should be all right. If I went out wearing. Uh, you know, long sleeve shirt and some jeans. I should be all right. If I if I if I wanted to wear a niqab, which some Muslim women wear, which is to cover my face and only show my eyes, I should be able to do that. It's the United States of America, and the idea here is that we have the right to wear whatever we want, including Muslim women have the right to wear whatever we want. And she's actually doing really well. And if you don't like her clothing, we also live in a country where you don't got to buy her clothing. Right. So I was just really uh, – it always, it, it always boggles my mind why people get so obsessed with what we wear, right, when right. the idea is we live in a country where we can actually wear whatever we want.
1: Well, I think a lot of people, small-minded people, Linda, would say, well, they're worried that there's some sort of slippery slope that, like in France or in some countries where – there's uh, actual laws about this. And because Americans get all squishy when it's like, Whoa, is someone going to pass a law that says A, B, or C? They get all nervous. That's obviously not happening here.
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, one of the things I always talk about, and I've spoken about the difference between the democracy we have in the United States and we have in places like France, where people say it's also a democracy. Is actually, you know, there in France, for example, you can't be a woman that wears hijab like me and work for government, right? Or even go university but you can do that here in the united states and i always ask people uh to understand that when i wear hijab and you guys know me very well no one tell no one no one's telling me what to do right, right? i'm a very uh a, a independent person i got a lot of things to say and i say it i don't care
1: i mean um, you you wear what you no want one, to wear you want you yeah, wear what no you one, want to wear i mean
2: no one's telling me to cover my hair no no father no imam no mosque no no
1: so why no do you do it So, yeah. so why do you do it <laughs>
2: Me personally, I mean, I t- my, my journey to hijab came, you know, as an as, as uh, when I was 20 years old. I mean, I grew up, uh, actually born and raised in Sunset Park. I went to public school my whole life. You know, when I was in school, I was a fair-skinned, dark-haired. People thought I was Puerto Rican. They thought I was Italian. They thought I was Russian. They thought I was everything that I was not. And my, um, you know, one of the things for me was, like, I was really connected to my identity. And one day, my mom's friend went to pilgrimage in Mecca, and she came back with a suitcase full of hijabs. And I tried one on just kind of like as a joke, like, let me see how this would look. And I put it on, and I felt like, wow, maybe when people see me, maybe they won't know I'm Palestinian, maybe they won't know I'm Arab, but guess what, they're gonna know I'm Muslim. And it was really, for me, connected me to an identity, and that was a part of me that was on the inside, but that people can see on the outside. And it really made me feel like a whole person. Um, I feel much more well-respected, um, in many circles, with my hijab, especially amongst, um, sometimes within the Muslim community um, as well. So, so for me, um, it's also about modesty. You should be able to respect me for my character, for my, for who I am, and not for how I look, right? And the idea around hijab is really to be able to really, um, you know, kind of be judged by the content of their character and, by, and, and not by the way they look. So, but I, what we also, but I also as a Muslim American woman, I respect women's choice to. Wear bikinis if they want to. You're like, this is just why a lot of you know Muslims and Arab Americans and, and Arab immigrants come to the United States because you could be, I could be walking in the street with my friend wearing a tube top, but I'm wearing you know long sleeve and jeans, and that's the beauty of our country.
0: So, the hijab to you was basically it was kind of empowering to you when you put it on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I don't think it takes away from who I am. I mean, I'm am I'm an activist, I'm outspoken, I'm a social worker, I run a nonprofit organization. I, I travel around the world like it, it has not hindered anything that I want to do this piece of, piece of fabric that I'm wearing on my head it doesn't it doesn't impact me or take away from me and I don't think it takes away from anything else that other people around me I think it actually adds to a lot of conversation I've been to many spaces where people say hey can I ask you a question why do you wear that mm-hmm. you know who are Muslims like were you born here why do you speak English so well and I get to tell someone well actually I was born and raised in Brooklyn it really is a conversation starter and for me um it it allows people to see me and say okay so she's you know she's muslim that we get to go ask her questions and it it gives me a piece of identity that if i wasn't wearing it you really wouldn't know who you know you wouldn't know anything about me or who i was and now at least you know that i'm muslim and that gives me some sort of it just makes me feel good inside that that people are uh, if you approach me in the street you already know i'm muslim and you still chose to approach me and talk to me and that really means a lot
1: I mean, I guess, I guess it gets back to everybody's definition of America. For hundreds of years, we were the melting pot. Everybody had to melt into becoming what somebody thought was American. Now we're really thinking about it, New York especially, as the gorgeous mosaic that David Dinkins used to talk about. And people can have that identity, that personal identity. I'm all for it, but here's my question. Mm-hmm. This, this, um, you know, we're on the topic of kind of faith and issues of, of custom, this, this, this garment that you're wearing—that's not necessarily in the rules of 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 Islam. It's more of a cultural thing, isn't it?
2: No, actually, it's, there's no rules about it. Um, it, hijab is, is talked about in the in our holy book as uh, as as a veil. It also mm-hmm. is talked about when you read the life of our beloved prophet Muhammad peace be upon him but it's but the, what people miss about it is that it's a choice every mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. it is discussed it is the woman's will and choice for her to wear it as a matter of fact it, it negates the purpose of wearing it if you are forced to wear it there you go and that's where people and that's where people you know you know how it is people read stuff out of context right they'll pull out a they'll put out pull out like a verse from the Bible and say see the Bible says you you know we stone women and you know all gays are going to hell and they take out like things out of context and the same thing happens with the holy book of the Muslims, which is the People find one thing, they pull it out and say, see, their mm-hmm. religion supports violence. Their religion supports this, taking stuff completely um, out of context. And I, and I always tell people, you know, that there are millions and millions of Muslim women ar- around the world who are scholars, who are academics, who are doctors, who are lawyers. Be honest with you. We're you know we're talking about a U.S. election 2016, and we're all like, wow, we might have the first woman president in the United States. There are some Muslim countries that have been way farther ahead from us. We've had prime minister women. You know, countries like uh, you know uh, Pakistan. Um, you know, some of the uh, uh, Eastern European Muslim countries have had women. You know, Turkey. Even even for God's sake, Saudi Arabia. God for God's sake, Saudi Arabia has women in their parliament. Like. So I always tell people, don't take things out of context. Look at our community in its entirety. And you know this, guys. Every group of people has horrible people, and we got our we got our share, right? So I mean,
1: present let's, company excluded, obviously.
2: <laughs> oh, let, oh, trust me, let me tell you. But I think I think just giving you know when we when I think about you know um, you talked about this like America's a melting pot, whatever. And I always tell people things that there's a lot of things we don't learn here in this country. what I always tell people is that. Muslims in particular and Islam, I mean, we've been on the shores of the United States of America before it was the United States of America. I did research on Islam in America, and I found out that about 300 galley slaves came from North Africa. They were Turks and Moors, and they actually helped build the first English colony called Roanoke Colony that's now the coast of North Carolina, and then you know this, decades later, you know, millions of enslaved Africans were brought here and about 30% of those enslaved Africans were Muslim mm-hmm. and they actually practiced Islam in hiding which allowed for them to be generations and generations later of Muslims like me who could practice Islam because somebody before me practiced Islam in this country 400 years ago so people don't understand the, how deeply rooted Islam in America Thomas Jefferson uh, had a Quran and you saw you know it's, it's being held at the Library of Congress like it's in the museum like Islam has been here, and I when people tell me you know things like go back to your country, it's really it's actually ch- makes me chuckle every time. And I, I say to my pe- people, I said unless unless Brooklyn is a country and we can make Brooklyn its own country, I said my country that I'm going back to is Brooklyn. I like and what you're saying. people want to otherize Islam as if it's some like some religion that belongs on some other part of the world, and the the irony is we celebrate people like Muhammad Ali and everyone was like putting up his quotes and talking about what a hero he was. You know, he was a Muslim. Like this is this, this is this is the this is the man that we we, we, we talk about, you know, athletes in this country, doctors, Doctor Oz, there's actors and people that we love, you know, and, and watch on T V and people that are in our community you know this from Bay Ridge. About twenty five percent of doctors in the Bay Ridge area are, are Arab and people of Arab descent. I mean I, are Muslim I,
1: I gotta say, Vince, we gotta have Linda Sarsour tell the American story as a regular feature. Linda Sarsour's American story cuz it all coming out of your mouth. It sounds fantastic. It's like I wish we could all get along.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't you know, listen, I um you know, tell people all the time that you know, everybody has a story. And if we all sat down and I said and I sat you down Vince and I said, "Hey, what's your story? What's your who came here? How did you get here? You know, you're telling my great great grandfather. Well, people don't. Understand it would have something to do. With, it
0: would have something to do with meatballs. There'd be a lot of meatballs involved. Okay, hey, I'm all
2: about. I'm all. I'm all about the meatballs. Let me tell you. The other thing that I love, by the way, about our neighborhood, particularly where I live in Bay Ridge, is that you can have some of the most authentic Italian food, the most authentic Middle Eastern food. Asian food, you name it, you can have it in our neighborhood. And I wish it, it's really the food. Our food is a, a is a uniter for sure. Even even the people who hate me the most, I'll see them on a Friday night sitting in a Middle Eastern restaurant. I would look. I would want to just go up to them and say, "People, if you hate me, why are you eating my people's food?" But of course, I don't do that. But nobody he, that who
1: hates you, nobody hates you.
2: I don't know about hate, but I have a lot of hate's you know, a strong word. What do, what, what do we call those folks? I don't mind it. I think it, I think that if I'm, I mean, as you probably know, I am a, a, a center of many controversies um, as a someone who you know, kind of, or at least I believe, you know, I speak my own story, my own truth, my own opinions, and I and I was, and I always think, wow, I'm supposed to live in the United States. I thought I was allowed to do all this.
1: I think um, I think you these things, but. you less that you don't drink hate or aid. You do not drink hate or aid. I I, will so say I definitely
2: that. don't. I, I see it, but I don't yeah. drink
1: it. All right. Listen, we, we got la- to ask you the last question because we got to get out. And we always let our guests p- pitch whatever they want, but I have a specific one. Are you going to run for office at some point? Come on, Linda.
2: I mean, a lot of people think I'm a lot older than they than uh, a lot older than I actually am. You know, look, I don't know. I mean, I, a few years ago, I thought about it because I was looking around. And I said nobody looks like me. I think 2017 is is a very interesting year for our community. Um, if it ain't me, it's definitely going to be somebody from our community. I mean, as you probably saw in the past two years, I went national. I've been doing a lot of work, um, around the country, mm-hmm. uh, in, in many different states, um, you know, and, and, and just kind of my trajectory changed a little bit, but I, I have to look at the field. I got to see who's in there, who's going in, and then our community is having our own personal conversation. So I'm not confirming that I'm running, but I'm also, uh, not sure that i want to do it well, right that's now but a, I'm that's not,
1: that's neither not confirm nor deny yeah
2: nor <laughs> confirm nor deny All but, right. but i will i will confirm this. someone who is arab american is definitely running in 2017 that is a fact that that, that i can confirm as a fact and that's, so that's for the that's weird.
0: for the the council seat in bayridge we're talking about
2: yes it's an open seat and yeah. I, mm-hmm. i'm sure many great qualified people are going to jump on in that race so it's going to be a big field and we're going to have a very exciting 2017 across the city. Well,
1: we'll see yeah, about that. Go. If you run, maybe. If you run. Anyway, with Linda, we've got to get out, but I want to thank you for your um, reasonable you, discourse, thank as you. always, telling the American story to Vincent Gersh and all the Brooklyn Paper radio listeners. Linda Sarsor from down in Bay Ridge. Linda, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.
1: All right, you take there care of yourself. Goes. Now, listen, guys, we've got to pay some bills. Yeah, we do. Thanks for that. Right, let me give the pay some bills money. Do so, listen, go. Vince, we were off for last week, and you know one of the problems I had? You're what not even going to believe here? it. You're not even going to believe it. I had a toothache. Get out An of old town. old-style toothache, and I actually tied up a bed, a, a, a sheet around did you my put head. A, did you
0: put a piece of, like, steak on yeah. your head?
1: No. So what did I do? First thing I did, I called up Dr. Joseph Lichter. You know, Lichter is out there in Avenue P. Yeah, Peridondo. He's He's got dentists and skilled hygienists, state-of-the-art techniques. He, I, so I go in there. He gives me like a little Novocaine, whatever. He says, oh, you got a little nerve thing. He deadens it, no problem. And I said, well, what else can you do for me, doc? And he mm. says, look, I got teeth cleaners. I got fillings. I got root canal. I got tooth extractions. But more importantly, I got Invisalign, which is that alternative to metal you gotta braces. straighten them out. Straighten them out. He's got all sorts of cosmetic features, all at a fraction. And when I say fraction, I don't mean like one half. I mean like one fourth. Big savings. The price. So anyway, so I said, I'm coming back. And I'm going to tell the world. Mm-hmm. Call Dr. Lichter's office today, 718 339-7878 you set up an appointment that will improve your quality of life if you just want to walk in I don't recommend that but if you want to it's 1420 Avenue P between East 14th and East 15th Street in Midwood and you can go to the website josephlichterdds.com
0: you know nearby down the block even yeah it's not, not far not that not far, far away of course is Atlas Steakhouse and Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience first you come in sit down you have a seat and you choose your steak and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you're going to pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine selection or with one of Atlas Steakhouse's signature cocktails. What was your favorite?
1: Oh, I love that Godfather.
0: Oh, that was good stuff. Then you can enjoy a succulent appetizer while you're having your drink. You know, the master chef is going to be preparing your choice cut as you desire. For me, medium rare. Oh,
1: for anybody, medium rare. Well, that's the way it goes. Listen. When your main course arrives, listen. You're getting so choked up. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm, my mouth. My, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten anything. Hey, Max think. Yeager's just joined us. He's taking his banjo. Get the hell out of here, Yeager. <laughs> Alright, finished up.
0: When your main course I'm arrives, so you will right understand now. why at Atlas Steakhouse they always <laughs> offer you a cut above the rest atlas steakhouse at 943 coney island avenue visit them on their website at
1: atlassteak all right guys listen i need to get the in the papers music for a second because we i got to go early tonight you're leaving already? yeah but I got, started, i'm not, not leaving yet all right so we had a lot of news in brooklyn this week no less then history-making triple play out at MCU Park. I heard about this. Not only did you hear about it, yes. you and I were there, Vince. It was
0: incredible that I was able to, to I, I flew in from the Hyannis Airport, yeah, yeah, right into Kennedy, came to the game, we did the game, and we, we called it, as so we always do.
1: Vince and I have been calling Cyclones games since even before they were called the Cyclones, yeah. right, when well, they were well, out in Queens. Queens-Kings games we were called. So we would call. So fortunately enough, we have an extant recording of our triple play call. Jimmy, do you find it? Jimmy, you find Jimmy that? do you have that? So we'll just plug that in, right? Let's just... just, Oh, here it is. Runners on first and second. No out, and the Cyclones are clinging to a 3-2 lead. Justin Dunn, the Cyclones fireballer, is looking at nine miles of bad road, Vince.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt they're in a bit of a pickle here.
1: Well, he's going to be pitching from the stretch to Aberdeen Jim Haley. And here comes the pitch. Oh, the runners go! Haley squares the Bubby, pops it up to catcher Dan Rizzi, and Dan Rizzi fires to Colby Woodmansey for the second out, and Woodmansey fires to Sergakis at first. That's a triple play, Vince, the first ever in Cyclone history.
0: I've been doing this a long time, Gersh. I've never seen one in person, but there it is. It happened right before our eyes. He popped the bunt up. It was caught by the catcher, thrown around the infield as quickly as you can say it, and it happened. The Cyclones have their first triple play.
1: And if you're scoring at home, that's 2 to 6 to 3 A triple play.
0: Making history tonight at Coney Island's Keyspan MCU Cyclone Park.
1: Well, that was, in fact, history. You know, Vince, you do a good job when you go into that other radio voice.
0: Uh, That's a certain voice that I've worked on for many years. I only do during baseball games. A
1: triple play. Anyway, it was very exciting to see it live like that.
0: It was incredible, Gersh, and as always, a pleasure to be sitting there with you watching... The, the, the history happened right right before us. The
1: only thing that could have made it better would be a nice cold beer, but you're not allowed to drink in the press box. That is so it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous.
0: Listen, I, Greg Nettles once said, it was either Nettles or, or Rich Gossage, one or the other, they got to put beer back in the press box where it belongs. I, I've
1: always said that. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get out, but it was a great night at MCU Park, and the Cyclones ended up winning that game. They the, They swept the Aberdeen Ironbirds, and I think they've turned this season around. Well,
0: they finally got to 500 yeah. uh, last night. They, 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 they hit that mark. And uh, we're going to see if we can take it from here. I know that the, the coach of the team, J- uh, Tom Gamboa, very excited. He's got some new prospects in there, and uh, we'll see how it goes the rest right. of the way. Uh, Johnny, I need that Morning
1: Papers music again.
0: Oh, here it goes. All uh,
1: right,
0: sir. Really on that, Johnny. He's got the buttons. Really on that, Johnny. I don't know playing. where it is.
1: Where You're on go? the spot there, Johnny. All right, doesn't I'm matter. Going. I'm going to call Lauren Gill. She's coming in? Yeah. She better be here. Can we get this?
0: You know how to do it. Just know, you don't pick that up. <laughs> Every time i got to teach it. Gersh how to use the phone. If Gilly's not
1: there. Hey, Lauren Gill, Gersh Kuntzman, and Vince DiMaselli from Brooklyn Paper Radio. Can you come into the studio, please? Oh, she's very excited about this. This is a big story. Okay, I want to talk to you. This tell, one tell is us, the Tell me about it. All right, about. so a lot of us who live in Brooklyn, Opposed the construction of Brooklyn Bridge Park for development issues. Lauren Gill, we're going to talk about the story. A lot of us opposed it for development issues. We thought it was a bit of a boondoggle that they were going to turn a, some public piers into a, basically a, 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 a backyard or a front yard for some rich uh, condos. And that turned out to be true. But <laughs> there was a small group of people in Brooklyn Heights at the time, and you remember this, Vince. One of I, them was no, our former publisher whose name will be not mentioned. I, no, whatever. Okay. Who said, well, wait a minute. What's going to go in that park? What co- what type of people is it going to attract? I don't know if he- I remember the Brooklyn Heights Association was very specific. We don't want an entrance to that park on Jerome Street. We do- we want to. There con- were
0: certainly people that were concerned about the entrance on Jerome Street because it would be in the middle of the park, and they felt that Jerome Street, which was a very quiet street that basically head to nowhere at that point, the only yeah. only people that walked down it were the Jehovah's Witnesses that were working at the uh, at the plant, which is now the luxury, luxury, condo. luxury condos. And they'd come there like like twice a day, back okay. and forth to their uh, homes. Well, anyway,
1: we got to get out. There were people who thought it's going to attract the wrong crowd. Well, now, in the person of Lauren Gill, who's in the studio, is going to tell us a little bit about yeah. a story in the Brooklyn paper. A couple of nights ago, or maybe it was last night, you covered a meeting in which someone raised the specter that, quote-unquote, the basketball players at Brooklyn Bridge Park are the ones causing crime and the, quote-unquote, tennis players are the ones who are not causing crime. Now, Lauren, why don't you describe it in your own words?
3: Yeah, sure. So Brooklyn Bridge Park basically had a community meeting on Tuesday night, and members of this block association called the Willowtown Association, mm-hmm. which is like a sub-civic group in Brooklyn Heights, um, they came down, they stormed the meeting, and they were saying that... Well, you, you can't know that
1: storm a public meeting. I mean, it's a public meeting. They, they, they just came in that. mass to they, a public meeting. Yes, yeah. all right. Thank you.
3: Thank <laughs> you. Um, they said, you know, that the park is attracting the wrong crowd, basically. Um, they were fed up with all of the crime on their street. Okay, but well what does it
1: mean? So let's, give them, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Is there more crime on their street?
3: Well, we actually looked at uh, crime statistics, and not there isn't a noticeable increase. So not there's like a, 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 huge percep- increase, there's a perception small. that there's more
1: crime. Yeah. Okay, where does that perception come from, Lauren Gill?
3: People said that, you know, they're harassed. There's lots of vandalism. One woman said there was a rock thrown through her century-old door.
0: Hmm. Did she have a Donald Trump sign?
1: (laughs) No, she did not. I'm just wondering. No, uh, you're blaming the victim there, Vince, and that's really offensive. I'm just wondering. However, it may not have been basketball players. It may have been angry liberals is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) But it could have been. (laughs) Anyway, so, Lauren, so there's been complaints that you're saying that there's, okay, statistics may not bear it out, but people Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood are nervous about something. Now, what are they nervous about? The massive crowds or specific people in those crowds?
3: It would appear they're worried about the people who are going down to the basketball courts. Well, who then, are why predominantly, basketball? Why basketball? Who are predominantly black.
1: Well, we don't know that. No. But, but, but
3: I mean. Well, the
1: basketball courts are used by everybody. They remember? are
3: used by everyone, but I think in the meeting, you know, it's just thinly veiled racism. Oh, it was thinly veiled. It um, doesn't
1: seem like it was thinly veiled at all. Did specifically people say. We're, we're concerned about the basketball players as opposed to other people
0: who or are using the pass- possibly the people using the barbecues?
3: Yeah. That's
0: well,
1: what they said? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a white guy. I use those barbecues all the time. Have
0: you?
3: They said the basketball well, courts and the not grills those. were the root of the problem. Okay.
1: But the root of what problem? The crowds?
3: The, C- the crime and the crowds and how everyone's taken over their street. All
1: right, Lauren, you're telling me that someone who uses a barbecue... ...is a criminal. That's what you're telling
3: me. That's what people in the association... Okay,
1: are so let, we got, we, I, I, let's take the broader view. <laughs> we don't know if there's really more crime. There's a perception that all these people in Willowtown are seeing black people coming through their neighborhood, and they are, for some reason, linking that presence of black people to crime which may or may not even exist. Is that the summary? Because that's what I'm hearing, Lauren.
3: Yeah.
1: Wow. So what did you say to those people? Well, nothing because you're a reporter.
3: You're a yeah, good reporter. You just yeah, listen. I just, I just, okay. That so what? What
0: was the resolution of the meeting? What came out of it?
3: Oh, uh, Well, Park President Regina Meyer said she would look into installing security cameras. Um, oh, wait, wait big, a minute. There, there, aren't, there aren't
1: there aren't there aren't security cameras in Brooklyn Bridge Park. They're everywhere.
3: I'm guessing not they were going to put the security cameras on Drummond Street. And, and, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, were there any other solutions that the the people that were you know? The people that were claiming the the rise in, in uh, crime and stuff like that, did they offer their own solutions to this problem? Do they want the drama and yes. street entrance closed?
3: Well, they want the park to tear down the basketball courts and put up tennis courts or badminton courts. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Badminton bad, bad attracts a bad crowd. It has yeah. bad in its name. Okay. Yeah. They, they, now, I believe that those basketball courts are very widely used. I mean, they're yeah, really busy.
3: apparently people travel from all over the city to use them. Well, that's
1: a little weird. It's, because ba- it's
0: basketball with a view. <laughs> it's,
3: yeah, it's they're really, awesome.
1: It's really hard to get to that court. So if you're coming from, like, Harlem to go to those courts, listen to the sound of my voice. That's ridiculous. But well, nonetheless, you, nonetheless, it's a beautiful basketball yeah. court. How many basketball courts are there even down there? Like six? What?
3: I'm not sure.
1: Okay, the point is they're, they're always too. busy. Right? So that means they're being used, and that's the purpose of a public park, is it not?
3: Yes. So what's
1: the issue here?
3: You would have to speak to people. No, no, no. no. You spoke to to them. them. What's the issue here, Gil? What do you mean? What's the issue? They don't want the basketball courts. Because they
1: don't want black people using the park. That's their allegation. Question mark.
3: You would have to ask them that. Well, to 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 be
1: fair, Gersh, uh, I'm I'm never fair.
0: (laughs) One
3: man told me it was not racial profiling. What was it, though? Instead, criminal profiling. It was was
1: criminal profiling. So
0: apparently criminals play basketball. Oh, so it's not racial profiling. But they don't
1: play tennis. Criminals don't play tennis? They play
0: basketball.
3: I asked him that, and he said they could, but I don't think so. So he was
1: arguing that basically if we had tennis courts and not basketball courts, there'd be less crime in Brooklyn Bridge Park. That's That's the argument.
0: There are no tennis courts in Brooklyn Bridge Park. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, Vince. I do believe there are no tennis courts in Brooklyn. But there's, and there's no tetherball, as I was promised. Oh, All right, got to get out. we got to get out. Gil, from yeah. your gut, you're a reporter, you're on the beat. You're out there. You're out there. You're talking to the people. Have okay. you talked to the basketball players in Brooklyn Bridge Park yet to get their reaction?
3: No, I have not. I am planning on it
1: though. You got to get out there. And yeah, cuz I have, I have
3: more a f- of a meeting article Gersh um, just, oh, look, you know. Well, look, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Look, it was a late night. You had you know a late how, night. You know how it works here. I do know how yeah.
1: it works. You're going to fin it, you're going to break it, and then you're going to fix it. I get the idea. But here's well, the thing. Basketball players are going to say to you, "Hey, you know what? Maybe these people in Willowtown are the one, you know, they're going to have some problems with the people in Willowtown, I imagine."
3: Well, I read in the New York Times article about the issue that they said that they just felt uncomfortable with um, the people in Brooklyn Heights.
0: Yeah, exactly. They I, feel I, uncomfortable
1: I, with the people in Brooklyn Heights. Because it's a bad crowd in Brooklyn Heights. Well, bad crowd. They're certainly uh, throwing out accusations. Well, we got to get out. Did anybody else cover this? Because I think you no, broke I this was, story.
3: I was the only one at the meeting. Um, other. News publications have written about it before. What, oh, what yeah. brought
0: the meeting about? How did uh, what? Uh, it was uh,
3: just the monthly um, community uh. council meeting, and this was just put on the agenda.
1: Yeah, but you had the guts to go down there. You're, I, wait, I guarantee what was, you, what, I see. this what was in the? the New York Times. I'm
0: sorry. What was the agenda item?
3: Um, crime on Jerome Street.
0: Crime on Jerome Alleged
1: crime. Alleged crime.
0: Yeah. Is the park? Uh, is the park saying that there has been more crime, or would they would? Why would they put no, that on the agenda? They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. If Leadership there was.
3: The park says they're not going to get rid of the, It was a concern.
0: FYI. <laughs> they said they're not getting rid of the basketball cards?
3: Yeah, they said everyone loves them. Exactly. Like they, they said speci- they s- like built them. Um, I got to get you know, down there and shoot some Specifically, they're not going to get rid of them. I can't
1: hit an outside jumper. I'm, I cannot I hit a jumper. I them. used to
0: be very good at the outside jumper. Was, that was my shot.
3: I used to be a foul shooting champion. Really? Actually.
0: Really? You know, Gil. So We're yeah. learning something won about Gil. I l-
1: I literally and figuratively cannot hit anything except a layup. Eyes closed.
0: Did you Did no. you shoot with your eyes closed? No. Did you shoot backwards over your head? No, that's
3: ridiculous. No, just straight ahead. Yeah, just well, straight that's ahead.
1: Easy. That's easy, Laura. I gotta say, as, as much as you and I have tangled over the years, this this story was <laughs> no a great story. Left. This story was a great story. <laughs> you, you did a great job bringing to light. I'm going to say it, Vince. Say the, it. The racism of a small group of people in Willowtown. Is that what it was? Yeah, to me it was. What about What about you, Gil? She just doesn't yeah. want to do it. She doesn't She's want to go them. there. She's I, out there. I, I All right, we got to get out. She's
0: laying the facts out on the table. She's not yeah. here to make judgments. She's we, not trying to pass judgment on people. She just wants to know what's on I'm their minds. She's right.
3: besides L- the story, you did. But, um, you did. Everyone can make their own judgment. That's about great. It.
1: Well, I'm going to make a judgment right now, Lauren Gill. Mm-hmm. You're a great young reporter. you got a great future in this business. But Thank I have a question for you. Yeah. And I'm going to ask Johnny to play a little light piano music.
0: Our music is gone.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Lauren, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> I'm going to play a little music on my phone. There you go. Underneath <laughs> all this. Here but listen, here. let me tell you something. I have a question for Lauren Gill. Lauren. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs>
0: Wait. For you it. can't Wait just for play, it. play that. <laughs> <laughs> That's against the law.
1: <laughs> okay. Lauren. Oh, okay. When was the last time okay, you saw sorry. a quality dentist? Is your, who your phone affordable? If your answer is it's been too long to remember, then it's time to see Joseph Lichter. And I've seen him. He's got state-of-the-art dentistry at a fraction of those Brooklyn Heights racist prices. <laughs> and right now, and right now, because you're a listener of Brooklyn Paper Radio, you can get some special prices from Dr. Lichter. Invisalign, which usually costs like $5,000, $1,000 yep. at Joseph Lichter DDS. Porcelain mm-hmm. veneers, and you don't need them, Lauren. Porcelain veneers, which usually costs $1,000, you get them at Lichter for $6.75. So right now, you want a bright smile? Get a, get a brightening procedure for three ninety five. That's nothing. Nothing in the brightening business. Mm-hmm. Anyway, call Dr. Lichter's office at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that'll make you smile. That's 718-339-7878. Or you can go visit him at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood. That's josephlichterdds.com. You gotta do it. You, you got one for me,
0: Vince? I'm gonna play one. You ready? Oh, you go. Okay, right. you ready? Let's see what I can do. Whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, Any this, random song. This do. iTunes. Am
0: I done? They, iTunes they re- yeah, you're out of here. They really screwed up iTunes. The, I don't know what oh, they yeah. did to iTunes, so but they yeah. completely screwed it up. All right, I got a song for you. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I just want to get the song I want. Well, because they screwed up. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. All right, and that's how I do it. Right. It's the wrong song. Hmm. I'm gonna play. It. No, I don't want you to play anything. I'm playing my song.
1: Boy, this is really great radio. No, it's fantastic stuff. Until you find the song. That's not what I want. This seems illegal Mm, Cause I don't own the copyright for the Beatles They love you. But I gotta play this till Vince finds his own song Got it.
0: Got it. Nice. Thank you. There it is. Oh, there it is. You know... An Atlas Steakhouse. <laughs> you could dine a cut above the rest. First, you select your premium, <laughs> <laughs> your premium cut, and it's aged on site for optimal texture and taste. Haven't done this one in a while, Gersh. You, you might I be didn't able know to do they did it on
1: that. site. They didn't even bring us to the meat aging locker. No, they—they we
0: they have it. It's all there. right? That's you can enjoy a delicious vintage wine. You can have an expertly expertly <laughs> mixed cocktail. <laughs> there are signature ap- appetizers while you enjoying all this while atlas steakhouse crafts your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece listen complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert and you will understand why at atlas steakhouse you will always dine a cut above the rest atlas steakhouse 943 coney island avenue and you can find them online at
1: atlassteak.com that was my friend's counting crows it's a great steak there's no question about it. Anyway, we gotta get out. I Vince, guess where I'm going right now. Uh, you were gonna go do to a practice
0: for murder at the food co no,
1: no, no, no. I have to go to a mandatory box office meeting for murder at the food co op. I ask you to go to Gershkunsman.com later tonight when tickets for murder at the food co-op will go on sale, and I ask you to look at a new poster post sorry, a picture I just posted of borough president Eric Adams endorsing Murder at the Food Co-op. He's
0: actually out there He's speaking out, there. out for Murder at the Food Co-op.
1: I'm going to send you this picture, Vince, and you can put it on Not an actual
0: Murder at the Food Co-op, but a musical Murder at the Food Co-op.
1: My sense is that he is not endorsing murder of any kind. He was a former cop, as you know, but he does like the idea of the show. I told him all about it. He's a big fan. Well, so I'm sending you this picture, and if you want to look at this picture, go to brooklynpaper.com later yeah, today. Just
0: get it up there, and we'll have that all ready to go. All right. So anyway, Vince, great, it's great to see you. Listen, it was a surprise, a, yeah. a pleasant surprise. I'm glad I
1: came in and saved the day, because you guys were really screwing up my show.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. We had some great music. We were going to have some good. It was going to be a hoot nanny. All right, get us out, Johnny. Johnny, do it.
1: Um. Thank you. All right. B- Brooklyn Paper um, Radio is over vom, here with Gersh Borsch Cusman, of course, of the Daily News and my partner in crime, Vince Diamisselli. We will
0: see you next week. No, you won't. Same time, same place. But I won't be here. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. bye. <omedical repet Sven>
1: <laughs>